Welcome to the Lean Into Love podcast, a spiritual self-compassion podcast and space devoted for you to find greater inner freedom, connect more fully to the world around you, and cultivate a deeper spiritual connection to a higher power. I'm your host, Gina Velez, a performer at heart, wellness enthusiast, self-love coach, and current grad student slash therapist in training, I have spent most of my life searching for ways to come back home to myself, back home to the wellspring of love. Along my journey, I have found transformative practices and met some incredible teachers. I now want to share it all with you because as Ram Das once said, we are all just walking each other home. Let's embark on a journey of heart-centered exploration, vulnerability, and expansion. Together, we'll navigate the intricate dance between love and fear and discover the limitless power of the human heart. When we learn to love ourselves unconditionally, we radiate that love outward, making a profound difference in our relationships, our communities, and the world. The journey starts now, and I'm thrilled to have you by my side. Let's begin. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Lean Into Love podcast. I hope this episode finds you well. I have had a week, and by that, I just mean it's been a doozy. So I decided to go on a refined and processed sugar detox about two weeks ago, and let me tell you, about last week, things were not well inside my brain. This detoxing sent me into a depression valley, as I call it, and prompted my period to come a week earlier. So not only was I, you know, dealing with the withdrawals of a sugar addiction, apparently, but I also was dealing with pretty intense PMS symptoms, and it was challenging to say the least. I think if I had been mentally prepared that something like this might happen, I could have waited it out a little bit more gracefully, but this was just so unexpected that I was like, what is happening right now? I cannot see the forest through the trees in an effort to do something kind for myself or really like from a place of love to like cut out sugar. <laughs> that's that's a pretty big act of love for myself, my body. Something so quote unquote bad could happen. Now, I decided to cut sugar out of my diet because I've been experiencing some hormonal imbalances and I just knew instinctually, it's probably sugar, so let's let's just cut it out. And um, the, the symptoms that I was having, I didn't realize were sugar withdrawals until I talked to both my therapist and my psychiatrist, and they both were like, oh yeah, it sounds like sugar, classic sugar withdrawals. You'll be fine. Give it another week. And I was like, another week of this? This is awful. I, I literally feel like Everything is gray. Um, there is no hope for me. Why Why am I going through this when I was just trying to do something loving for myself? So um, yeah, in the process, I just had to go inward. I had to be patient 
And I had to give myself a lot of compassion because in that time, I could not even tap into self-love. I couldn't even, I could barely even tap into self-neutrality. I would say like all of those old neural pathways of self-loathing came back pretty quickly, which I was relatively surprised at because I've done a lot of work on working with all of my parts and learning to love myself and all of us. So I was like thrown for a loop with how quickly those parts were like, oh yeah, we still we still don't like you. And I was like, why? I I give you guys so much love and attention, but that's just what happens when when someone who has depression goes through a depression valley. And these things happen, you know, even with medication. I would say I go through this about every six to nine months. So, you know, I guess it was it was due. Um, I haven't had a period of time where I've felt really low and like I had the inability, it was, I was unable to shift my thoughts. And usually if I'm having trouble lifting my thoughts up or reframing a perspective or um, anything like that, I'm able to get into meditation. I can take a walk. I can do all of my exercises and I have a plethora of them. And eventually one will stick and I'll be able to, to shift my thoughts. And then my whole trajectory of the day is different. But when I am in a valley, I don't even have the capacity to do that. So it can be really frustrating, but Luckily, I have a wonderful support system that was able to rally, who were able to rally around me, and I got through it. So I learned a lot in going through this period of time. And here are a couple of things that I want to share with you that I learned. Okay, so the first thing that I learned was. You can't force yourself to get to the other side of a valley. You simply have to be patient while you get there. I kept finding myself wanting to run to the other side because like I've said before, I've been here. I know the I know how this plays out. And if I could just get to the other side a little bit sooner, then I can make this whole experience go away faster. But that's not how things work. You kind of just have to let things go as they're supposed to, let them unfold in the process in which they need to. And it was hard, but again, all of my meditative, all of my yoga practices really came in handy. And while it can feel all-consuming, never-ending, or even frustrating at times, I just had to have that, that faith and that trust that this too shall end. All things are temporary. Nothing lasts forever. Even the good, even the beautiful, be present as much as possible because even in the presence of discomfort, we can still learn something. And something else that I learned was, you know, surround yourself with good people, with healthy support systems Also, it's okay to cancel plans. It's okay to rest and sleep and hydrate and do nothing for a day. On those days, I have a really hard time 
just fully resting. I always feel like I have to be doing something. And on those days, instead of making myself feel bad about resting, I was like, nope, you know what? This is what I need right now. And I am going to thoroughly enjoy it. I'm going to be present in the resting. I would say that being present while resting is actually harder for me than being present in discomfort. Discomfort, I'm used to that. That I can do. But being present while just being, like what what even is that? But that's where these mindfulness tools come into play. Um, yeah, I just had to be honest with those closest to me about what was going on. And sometimes that's really hard because I don't like to generally talk about it when I'm feeling sad or low. Um, but people need to know. And so if you can, if, if I can communicate what's going on, then those around me can better show up in a way that is effective for all of us. Because when I'm in a depression valley, it doesn't just affect me, it affects everyone in my immediate circle. So that's really helpful to have those communication tools in place as well. Um, yeah, I made sure to eat lovingly. I think my go-to when I'm feeling sad is to be like, well, screw it. I'm going to eat ice cream. I'm going to fill myself up with food that isn't good for me, but it tastes good because I'm sad and I deserve it. But because I was doing a sugar detox, I didn't have that option. And also, that's not loving. That is a vice that is turning to something to numb just a bit more. And that is what I am working on on or working through is to pay attention to when I want to numb, to pay attention to the moments where, okay, what's going on in my body right now? Why do I feel this need? What's coming up for me and how can I regulate my nervous system and not give in to this distraction? How can I sit with it? go inward, and then come out the other side just a little bit more compassionate with those those parts of myself that are craving. Probably they're just craving some love. That's like always what it boils down to. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, I, I doubled down on my practices in the beginning of that period and was really making sure that I meditated twice a day, sometimes three times a day, did my yoga, did walked around the block or took some walks with my dog. But then like the last two days of this, I was like, none of this is working, screw it. So I, I didn't do any of it and I just gave it all up. And that is also okay too. <laughs> choosing not to meditate, I almost felt like it was starting to add insult to injury. Like, okay, I'm meditating and I'm not feeling better at all. I can't see the end of this. So what's the point? And it, it was just making me feel worse to do my practices. So I just took a break and that was exactly what I needed to do. I needed to be gentle with myself and cry it out and allow myself to be miserable and also try and just be gentle. I think that is the hardest thing for me. I want to go straight to suck it up, let's go, figure it out. But that's not what 
I need in those moments. I need to like basically be a parent to myself and to my parts that are crying out. And yeah, that that's always really challenging for me. Um, yeah, I, I kept telling myself, okay, self-love is not possible right now. Self-neutrality. Let's just lean into, instead of leaning into love, let's lean into self-neutrality. And that just meant not judging myself, not judging others, not um, giving in to those fear-based thoughts, but just getting curious. And I think that was something that I was able to do this time around that I've never been able to do before, which was, huh, what is happening right now? I'm seeing what's happening and I'm feeling a certain way, but I'm not getting caught up in the current. And so if I can just observe and be the witness to this experience, what what is here for me? And so that was an interesting shift that led me to a lot of, of conclusions, one of which is like, this life is so interesting. <laughs> There's so much humor that I can find within this situation, even though I feel awful. And it, it really, that I think once I was able to get curious about what was happening, that's when I started to come out of this valley. Um, yeah, I learned a little bit, a lot more actually, about sugar detoxing and why processed and refined sugars are so bad for you or for me. And in an attempt to help my hormones or in the experiment, because I was like, this is an experiment. Let's just see what happens. Um, it was very obvious to me that yes, my hormones are directly being affected by my sugar intake. So that was good to know. I guess I, my hypothesis was correct, but I was dealing with pretty significant acne breakouts and mood swings around my cycle. And, um, I went to many a doctor to try and figure this out. I went to my dermatologist who, um, wanted to put me on Accutane and two different kinds of birth control. My gynecologist wanted to put me on birth control. And I was like, listen, no, <laughs> no, I spent too many years of my life on birth control and it made me, it, it made me feel crazy. And I already struggle with my mental health. I'm not going to put myself through that. No. And that really made me feel frustrated. It made me not feel seen or considered in their eyes. Like they just want to jump straight to the most heavy duty medications. Just here, take a pill and we'll see if that works. But like, let's get to the root of the issue here. Let's just not cover it up with these medications that are not, oh, I don't think overall long-term gonna be good for me. So I had that gut instinct that was like, no, those are not the right decisions. I'll figure this out on my own. So I started doing the elimination diet and I started with meat and then it went to, um, to sugar because the meat was like, okay, yeah, I kind of noticed a difference. I was, I cut out eggs for a bit 
didn't really see much of a difference. But then like, obviously, the second I did sugar, I was like, well, okay, there we go. So if you suspect you might be addicted, which I feel as if many of us are, maybe don't quit cold turkey. That is something I would do. Um, I would make sure I, I didn't quit cold turkey uh, if I were to ever do this again, which I probably won't considering I'll just continue to keep refined and processed sugars out of my diet. But have support systems in place. Talk to your doctor. Um, I wish I had gotten vitamins or supplements earlier and that I had just, like I said, eased off slowly so as to not send my body into shock. And I get there's something to be said about, you know, prompting your body into ketosis, but that I I was still eating fruit, so I couldn't fully put my body into that state. I just had to like wade into the pool until I hit the deep end and was like, wait, I haven't learned how to swim. Um, Yeah, how... I suspected I was addicted was I was craving sugar pretty much daily. Even after like most meals, I'd be like, ooh, I should have something a little sweet right now. And this has been something that I have experienced my whole life, really. After a meal, I want to eat something sweet. And every night I want to eat dessert. And most and some nights I don't. Most nights I'm like, I'm fine. And I can I can power through and not have that dessert. But when I did power through, it still like sat with me that like this itch that I want to eat sugar and kind of felt like the same itch that I used to get when I wanted to have a glass of wine or drink some alcohol. When I used to drink alcohol, I could easily go days, weeks without or months without drinking and I was fine, but that still didn't solve the root of the issue in that I had a unhealthy relationship to alcohol. Same thing with sugar. I could not eat the sugar. I could choose not to. So therefore my brain, I was like, well, I'm not addicted to sugar. But when I did eat the sugar, all of the other things that would play out because of that and then not eating it for a period of time prompting myself to go through this period was all the evidence I needed. So yeah, when I felt sad, when I felt bored, I would, you know, eat sugar just to numb. And I would say that this was significantly worse cutting out sugar than it was to cut out alcohol, which is wild to me. I think because maybe I've been addicted to sugar for a most of my life and just didn't know it. And with alcohol, it was like, it's yes, alcohol is everywhere, but it's easy to eliminate. Sugar is literally everywhere. It's in everything. I remember looking at the back of a tomato soup can and was like, wait, what? 15 grams of sugar for a cup? Are you kidding me? It's hidden in everything. I'm not going to say that there's a conspiracy on sugar, but like also would not, (laughs) would believe it if someone said that there was a, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense because babies are eating sugar. We're eating sugar in utero. It's, it's a part of our DNA basically at this point. So it's really, really hard to get away from it. Um, the withdrawal symptoms that I felt were uh, anxiety, sadness, 
yeah, slash low mood, um, fatigue. Oh my gosh. I felt so tired and just like I was dragging. And the thing about fatigue for me is that when my brain is tired, I can't tell the difference between my fatigued brain and my depressed brain. So at first I thought, oh, I'm, I'm feeling depressed. And then I thought, no, 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 this is just fatigue. But then it, it definitely slid into depression. Um, so that's kind of where I have to keep a journal and, and monitor, okay, what's happening right now? You know, look back on the days prior and see what, what that progression looks like. But that's, it was just really hard to, to change my thoughts in those moments. And yeah, I was irritable and I, um, I was just not feeling well. I felt like my brain had the flu. Not only was I experiencing sugar withdrawals, but it was compounded by my, by really intense hormonal mood swings and PMS symptoms. And it lasted about a week and a half, which is an average bout for me. So yeah, like I said earlier, I canceled plans. I said no to things. I hibernated and I didn't show up for this podcast last week. I didn't show up for my Tapping Tuesdays and a couple of other things that I wanted to do because I could not authentically and fully show up as myself and I didn't want to create anything or share anything in that energetic space. This is something I'm still learning how to honor and it is also a process. So I think overall, working with my triggered parts, working with being extra gentle with myself, that is the key to going through a challenging time. Um, I'm going to be continue. I'm continuing to learn more about reduced sugar diets and low glycemic eating and, um, continuing to just lean into love, leaning into what does my body want right now? Maybe there is a moment where I do want that piece of cake and that's okay. I deserve the cake, but also making the decisions on a day-to-day basis, moment to moment, that what is going to be in my best and highest good And how will I be able to support myself long-term with a diet that supports me? So anyways, (laughs) I hope this helps. If you're going through a detox of your own and you're struggling, just know that you're not alone, that you will get through it and that um, I'm here for you if you need. So if you have any questions about this, I'd love to share more. I, um, like I said, I've learned a lot and I'm continuing to learn and it's, it's a journey y'all. So I hope you have a beautiful rest of your day and I will talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening to the lean into love podcast. And thank you for taking the time to learn how to be a little bit more compassionate with yourself. A small amount certainly goes a long way. 
If you enjoyed what you heard today, I invite you to work with me inside the Self-Love Club, a one-on-one virtual coaching program where you'll learn how to love yourself more fully through holistic and integrative wellness practices. Each session is specifically designed to fit your goals and needs. Visit theyogina.com and book a free discovery call so we can create a roadmap of how we'll get you there today. And if you haven't already, hit subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. If you enjoyed your time here, rate and review this podcast. That way other souls on their journey back home to themselves can learn from people like you. Until next time, keep leaning into love. And remember, you are worthy, you are loved, and you are never alone.